Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Come on, come on, let's get ready. Who are you? You know, so many don't know who they are in Christ Jesus. They know they're saved, but then they're wishy-washy. Well, I think I'm saved. I hope I'm saved. Uh, Today is the day to get saved. It ought not be a wishy-washy. It ought to be I know. I know, I know, I know. I know that I know. The Bible says that we can have the assurance that we know that we're a child of God. But then we know that we're a child of God, but we don't know what we have or who we are. And so I'm going to lay a foundation today for the next two or three Sundays. And uh, if you need sermon notes, lift your hand. Anybody need a sermon note? All right, then hold on to your sermon note and look at me for a minute. We had uh, meetings Friday and Saturday night here, and it was, I'm going to tell you they were good, but uh, you can tell the praise team's tired. Little, you know, servers are a little tired, but I need you to, to hear what the Word of God says today. And, uh, but I got two words, and, I, and there's two words that, that people spoke to me, and it's a warning. How many of you know warnings are good? If the sign says bridge out, that's a warning. Huh? So you ready to hear a warning? Because this is for you. Look at me. The word was, is there's a coven of witches in this area, and we have their attention. And they are cursing us. And the guy said, I didn't want to give that in public because people just get crazy with it. Well, I'm telling you. So how does that manifest? How does witchcraft manifest? You know what the Bible says? Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. When you rebel against church, against other churches, against men of God, that's witchcraft. But you know what specifically said that it would manifest? And gossip and backbiting with the people. It comes in, and he said, it looked like an alligator. And I said, well, I'm from Louisiana. Maybe I didn't bring that. <laughs> but he said, it bites people in the back, and it causes them to talk bad about one another and gossip and carry on. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. If you go around being negative about everything and can't say anything positive about churchy, people, the people of God, Learn to recognize that. Don't you agree with that? If you agree with it, you let it go. You let it fester. Let's stop it today. Father, in the name of Jesus, huh, we thank you that every curse is broken. Every uh, spirit of witchcraft, Jezebel, whatever it might be, we bind it in the name of Jesus. And we cast it out. And, Father, if people do not want to be on board with Christianity, my goodness, where else can they go? But, Father, we thank you for peace, love, and joy. And, Father, reveal to us today who we are and what we're called to be. And we thank you for the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, shout amen. So we're talking today, glory to God, about stolen identity. 
when Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, their identity, our identity was stolen. And we don't know who we are. We still wander around not knowing who we are. But I want to start with 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And uh, it says, if any man be in Christ, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, so, so let's start off with this. Say this, I'm a new creation in Christ. God the Father has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now, listen, I'm going to be talking about what, what a Christian is and what a Christian has and who a Christian is. If you're not a Christian today, you need to find this out and you need to become a Christian. I believe, God, that you'll be drawn by the Spirit of God to, to want to be saved. Because what happens is we, we, we tend to look, the devil will show you everybody that's a Christian that does wrong. And then you got Christians running around like we're talking about, gossiping and backbiting and talking bad about the church. Who wants to go to church with you when you're talking bad about the church? And who wants to follow you when all you're talking about is confusion and negativity? Huh? Man, you know, it's amazing to me people get around run young Christians. I've had somebody tell me, you know, I, I said, man, I had, I had 10 kids got saved at camp. We took these street kids, got 10 kids. Well, it won't last. What? You know, and, and always something to say in the negative. Always something to say. Nothing positive. And, and you get a new Christian, and they, oh, let me show you what God, let me show you what God told me. And they're all, oh, that's, that's heresy. And they shoot you down. You better run from them. <laughs> Man, if it's not building you up, if it ain't, you know, they, they think they're warning that the bridge is out, but actually they bring confusion. Guard your heart. You can, you can sense it. So look at what it says, Ephesians 1, 3. And we just confessed that. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Guess what? Everybody in this room that's a Christian don't have all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places revealing or manifesting in their life. But I want to get there. I don't either. But I want to get there. And to get there, I got to know who I am. I got to know what's, what are the spiritual blessings. And that's hopefully the next few weeks is what we're going to just layer upon layer. But let's just start with our salvation today, okay, and who we are in Christ. Y'all with me? So, so in the epistles, which is in the New Testament, the letters that Paul wrote are, are, are different ones wrote. Uh, the written to the church, we find the expression being in Christ. If any man be in Christ, we just said he's a new creation. Being in Christ, I pass these are by Christ, or in whom, in him, in him, we have, you know, all things. So, so you got to find out when you see those scriptures, when you're reading the Bible, in him, that means you, you're in him. If any man be in Christ, I mean, I, when I got, when you get saved, you stepped into Jesus Christ. The spirit of God comes into your spirit. See, you're a body. You look at your body. You look at your body, and you think that's who you are, but that's not who you are. And you listen to your mind and your thoughts, and you think that's who you are, and that's not who you are. You are a spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of your spirit to live with you. That your spirit is your house. It, it looks like your body. It has fingers and tongues and eyes. I'm not going to teach that lesson, but Jesus told a story about the rich man and Lazarus, and, and they both went... You know, one went to paradise, one went to hell, but he said he looked up with his eyes. Wait a minute, his eyes are buried in the grave. But he's talking about his spirit. 
And he said, let him dip his finger. He had a finger. His spirit had a finger. And let him touch my tongue for I'm in torment. Their, both of their bodies were in the grave. Lazarus was probably out at the dump. The pauper's grave. And the rich man was buried in a wonderful tomb, but he still went to hell. You know, somebody made a great statement. God loves everybody, even the ones that go to hell. Come on. So, so let's look. You know, I was taught to live right growing up in church, but I never was taught how. I never was taught who I was, what I had in Christ that the Holy Spirit would help me. I was trying to be good on my own. This self-righteousness, ain't it? It don't work. I was weak. I mean, I, I fumbled around and stumbled around until I learned that the Holy Spirit, who I was and what I have, and I'm still growing in it. Because I'm never going to quit growing in it. Even when you get to heaven, you're going to grow in it. It's going to be easier, isn't it? You ain't got to drag this old stinking flesh around. You say, well, what do you mean stinking flesh? You smell your armpits. That's your flesh. That's your flesh. Mm, sorry. <laughs> so let's go to our first point. Our identity was stolen. Our identity was stolen. Where, what do you mean? When, when, where, where was it stolen? And, and guess what? You've been searching for it all your life. But it was stolen in Genesis third chapter. We know the Genesis story, creation. God created heavens and earth, and he spoke into existence all these things. And he created man. He said, let us make man, male and female, in our image and our likeness. And he created them. And they lived uh, in a city, how about that, called Eden, and they took care of a garden. Huh? You ever thought about that? And God put them in a garden, and they said, man, this is, take care of it. All these animals, name them. All these animals, you take care of the earth. And he gave man the earth. Man had dominion. Rule it. Take authority over it. Make the cattle. Keep them up. He took authority over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air. It's what it says. And you see, it, you see a, a taste of it today that people train animals. They train birds. You know, the, I, I don't know if it's true, but I, I've always heard that if you catch a crow and you split his tongue, you can teach it to talk. That's what old, that's old farmers say that. Because a crow can mimic about anything. If you're in there in the woods much. But how about people train horses, dogs? We train things. And God said rule. Well, Satan wanted to test man. And he used a serpent. Notice it's got a split tongue too, and it could talk. And he came to Eve and said, Ah, oh, how about you eat of this tree and that tree? He said, We can eat any tree in the garden except the one of good and evil. And he started talking to him. You know, we, we think this happens because you can read it in about two minutes or less, you think it happened that quick. But that's not the way sin happens. It's a breakdown. I mean, you know, uh, I, I smoked my first cigarette in fifth grade because I saw other people doing it. And, mom, you know, you ought to try that. They're cool. They're cool. You want to be like them? You want to be like them? Look at them. 
Well, I don't want to try that. So I stole a cigarette from my parents. Another, another thing. That, you know, influence. What influenced me? And I took it, you know. And my buddy said, well, you ain't in Helen. So now we... <laughs> you know, isn't it amazing that you make yourself do something and it gags you to the bitter end until you get used to it and then you're hooked on it? Same way with sin. It's a, it breaks you down. I'm not knocking anybody that's smoking. It's a bad habit. You ain't going to hell for smoking. Hmm? But my point is, sin comes in a little bit at a time, and you look at it, oh, and then Eve started changing up what God said. You know, oh, it, it looked good, but we're not even supposed to touch it, uh, you know, and all these things, and, you know, and he broke her down. And you think, you know, the old joke is that, you know, Eve ate the apple, and, and it was her fault, but Adam was standing right there. And God gave him dominion, and he should have said, shut up and be gone, and that thing would have dissolved. But he was being intrigued too. They already knew God. So they bowed the knee to the words of the enemy. God's word is powerful. But what you yield to is what you become like. You yield to the Satan's words, confusion, and they lost their identity. They found out they were naked. They ran and hid. They covered themselves in fig leaves. God had to kill. That's the first sacrifice for sin. God killed animals and made skins for them to have clothes. Because I'm telling you, running through briars, fig leaves don't help. Clothes don't much help when you run through briars. I've been there. Because, see, here's what was coming. The curse came, thorns and thistles. You know, all these things started changing. Mold and mildew. All the things that, that you don't like that frustrate you. Weeds. Frustrate us. And we get frustrated. And so, and you know what? Sometimes frustration is a holy thing. But sometimes frustration is just your flesh. And we're going to talk about that. So let's, let's hang on to it. So we, we, want to, we want to get our identity. Adam and Eve disobeyed God and they obeyed the serpent and their flesh. And the Spirit of God left them. They found out they were naked because the, they were covered in the glory of the Lord. Come on, when Moses came down to the mountain, he saw the backside of God. His face glowed for weeks. They made him put a hood over him because it scared everybody. They couldn't see his face for the glory. They were dressed in the glory. Come on, God wants to dress just some of us in the glory. I want to go there, huh? So Romans 5, 17 says, let me slow down. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. The Bible says Jesus is the second Adam. Okay? I'm trying to help you. We don't have time to break all that down. But one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Adam caused death to reign. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Say, I want to reign. Open my eyes, Lord. Let me reign. In my life, over sin, sickness, poverty, and even death. You can. So here we go. So by one man's offense, 
And so, so we look at this, uh, and then we go to 2 Corinthians 5, 21, and God has paid for you to have right standing, for he made him who knew no sin, Jesus, but he came in the like of sinful flesh, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My righteousness don't work. I learned that when I was a teenager. I can't do this. Lord, Lord, I'm, I mean, I'm repenting every night, every day. Lord, help me, forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. I'm wrong. I've messed up. I've done something stupid, you know. But here's the thing. My righteousness is in Christ Jesus. Jesus paid the price for me to have right standing with God. Now, it's up to me to keep myself in that right standing with God and to always repent, okay? It's our part. We'll talk about that too, but let's, let's keep digging here. And as we're going to go to Romans 8 chapter. If you've got your Bible, turn there. You need to go read Romans 8 chapter. It is so powerful. And, and we're not going to look at all of it, but I'm going to bounce through it real quick. But Romans 8, 1 says, There is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. If you are being condemned because of your former life, your past, your whatever, be free today. Condemnation is not from God. And don't let people condemn you. I don't want to hang around somebody that's going to condemn me all the time. Huh? I want to hang around Jesus. He's saying, come on, dust yourself off and get on up here. Yes, Lord. See, see, he descended, became a man in sinful flesh down here in the muck and the mire where we live. He knows He's been there. He came and walked through the mud and the muck and the mire and the struggles of life. Oh, he was perfect, but he got it all over him. He took it upon himself to be a, like sinful. He took sin so, he, so we could be free. Come on. How many of y'all's football team won yesterday? Raise your hand. We got one, two, three, four. Anybody? Mine won. Yeah, there's one. Hey, did y'all play? Did y'all get on the field? No, but your team won. Listen, Jesus won for you 2,000 years ago on the cross. Jesus won for you. You got to walk in it. You got to walk in it. Okay, you got to change you. Your identity needs to change. You're living in, 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 in wrong thinking, so let's, let's, let's dig into it. In Romans 8 and 5, it says, For those who walk, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the on the things of the flesh. And those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You can see baby Christians, they're still in the flesh. And you see Christians that aren't supposed to be baby Christians still in the flesh. How does the flesh manifest? Rudeness, anger, everything that's opposite of love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness. They're not kind. Ah, they get frustrated. Ah! You know, just because their, their ice cream was, was cold. <laughs> Over stupid. So, so, you know, listen, when you're dealing with your flesh, let's back up. What does it matter in the light of eternity? Whether your ice cream is cold or melting. There's nothing to do to get all bent out of shape about it. What does it matter in the light of eternity that the car in front of you has got its blinker on doing 35 in a 65? You're going to get there. It's just frustrating. 
but that's your flesh. Let me, let me keep going. Get ahead of myself. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I want to be spiritually minded, Lord. Help me. I, I get carnally minded. I'm not, I'm not preaching something. This is for me. We all have to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh because the carnal mind is an enemy to God. And I'm going to show you some things. What do you mean it's an enemy to God? For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. Your mind has to be retrained. You were taught from two years old. Matter of fact, from two to five, you learn 80% of what you learn. 75%. What are you doing now? I'm just floating. You ought not be just floating. You still need to be. The old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Don't you receive that. I'm still learning every day. And I'm, I'm pressing towards things. I want to go deeper and, and be more knowledgeable in different things. I want my leadership skills to blow out the roof. I want, I want the anointing to just flow in here and, and, and just minister to people. That, you know what? That, well, that's up to God, Pastor Brett. No, it's up to me to pray. It's up to me to pray. And we'll talk about that in just a minute because we're called to be uh, God's people. What verse were we on? Seven? Be carnal minded. Let's go to verse eight. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now I want to please God. I want to make God happy. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. So that means I need to increase my faith and I need to live in righteousness and I can by the blood of Jesus. And there's an empowerment by the Holy Spirit to help me. Amen? So, so we can do it and God will help us. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, if you're a child of God, you got the spirit of God. Amen. Now it may be about, I'm just using this as an example, maybe this big because you haven't developed it. You haven't let him blow up in you. Your flesh and your mind has kept him down. But it's time to address it today and be the person God called you to be and let his spirit rise in you. Let God arise, okay? Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. We're going to talk about some enemies in just a minute, but you've got to let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And I'm trying to help you because this is about you. It ain't about anybody else in the room. It's about you. Quit thinking about somebody else and look at yourself. Shame on you for looking at everybody else and never looking at yourself. I'm looking at myself today because I got to let some things arise. I got to let God arise and let some enemies be scattered out of me because guess what? The enemies that affect you the most are the ones right here. Right here. huh? And the ones in on here. If, if I'm doing this, I can't get around. I can't do what I'm supposed to do. So I got to get, I, I got to address it. I, I got to address this really first because all these thoughts and all these things, it's not who I am. I need to be dwelling on who I am, what I'm supposed to be in God. But we don't. We dwell on other things. Let's look at it right quick. So, but if you, in verse 9, but if you are not in the flesh, you are not in the flesh in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, that means if you're saved, spirit of God dwells in you, Christian. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not his. 
And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin and the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, guess what? It's not talking about your body being put in a grave. It's talking about letting your flesh die. That means your opinion. You know, I always like what somebody said, to have peace that passes understanding. Who wants peace? To have peace that passes understanding, you've got to let understanding go. I just can't figure it out. You ain't going to. Just take peace. We'll have to figure that out. So it fit my frustration today. I'm, it's, it's, for, it's, a, it's the Holy Spirit. I'm being an example. Too many of you frustrated over nothing. But there's some things to be frustrated over. So, 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 huh. I'm getting there. Just a minute. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Your spirit man can be full of life because of Jesus' righteousness that he's given you. The Holy Spirit can empower you. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give, you, will give life to your mortal body. Oh, yeah. To where, you know what, I just can't quit that. I just can't quit that. I just can't quit that. Yes, you can. See, it's like, you know, I, quit, I started smoking in the fifth grade, and I quit smoking in the fifth grade. Why? Because there was something more important for me. And I wanted to play basketball, and I knew smoking would hinder my ability to run up and down the court. So I gave it up for something that's more important. You know what? You need to give up some things that's for God who's more important. See, that's dealing with your flesh. I gave it up because I wanted to do something. You know what? <laughs> I started dipping snuff in the fourth grade. And I didn't quit until I was 24. And my wife said, I don't think you ever quit that. But God started drawing me. And I said, no, I'm going to give this up because I want to be a witness for God. I want to I want to give it up. Not that it's going, you know, I'm not going to hell for it, but I want to be a witness. I want to lay everything in my flesh aside. I want to start. And I walked away from it. Just cold turkey. Matter of fact, I'll tell you a funny story. I was free from it. Hadn't even thought about it. And they called me and said, hey, will you come pitch for us at the softball game? I said, yeah. And so I pitched two innings, and I sit down, and there was my buddy's can of snuff. I just looked at it and grabbed it and put it in my mouth. Didn't think anything about it. And all of a sudden, I started going, because I wasn't used to it. I was free. I threw that out. I said, oh, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, Lord. Heal me right now. Don't let me throw up out there what I'm pitching. Oh, help me, Lord. I've been set free. I'm free from this. It was proof that I was free from it. I couldn't handle it. Just telling him the truth. God will set you free. But you got to want to get rid of it. Want to do it because I want to serve him. I want to I please him. I want to please him. So let's talk about some things. Up here is not where your identity lies. So let's address some things. I ain't even got all point one. Your identity is not wrapped up in your looks. Your identity is you're not fat, you're not thin, you're not ugly, you're not pretty. That's not your identity. 
Your identity is not how smart you are. Matter of fact, I prayed for somebody last night. I said, I'm, I'm dumb as dirt. You're smart. But God's my helper. I ain't afraid to say I don't know. Because God's my helper. When I'm weak, he's strong. I've learned to rely on that. So my identity is not in how smart I am, how dumb I am, how, what I look like, if I'm fat, if I'm skinny. It's not my identity. I'm a child of God. Your identity is not what your circumstances have brought to you. I'm divorced. I'm a jail. I'm a prisoner. I've been in prison. I'm a convict. I'm a divorcee. Whatever. I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a womanizer. I, 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 I'm a man hater. Uh, what? Uh, uh, that's not your identity. Your identity is in Christ Jesus. Quit identifying with the world and what the world says you are. You're a black man. You're a white man. No, you're not. You're a child of God. Your identity is in Christ Jesus. It's not in here. It's in here. It's in your heart, in your spirit, man. You're an overcomer in here. Up here, oh, well, we're going to do that. In here goes, we're going to trust God. We're going to trust God. I believe God. That's where our identity lies. It's in Christ Jesus. It's not in your pretty. It's not in your fat. It's not if you're smart. It's not I'm a painter. I'm a lawyer. I'm an Indian chief. Whatever you think you are, you're, that's not your identity. Lepers had to dress like a leper. They had to, beggars had to put on beggar's clothes in Jesus' day. You could walk down the street, that dude's blind. You see how he's dressed? That man's a leper. We're going this way, people. We're supposed to avoid lepers. Jesus cleansed the lepers. Jesus wants to cleanse the identity that the devil gave you. Jesus wants to take care of the identity that the devil has put on you and labeled you. Break it. Used to aggravate me when I talked to kids, and it still does. I talked to kids, and I say, hey, what grade are you in? Well, I'm in the fourth grade, but I'm supposed to be in the fifth grade. No, you're not. You're in the fourth grade. You're supposed to be in the fourth grade. You're degrading yourself. Help me do, with these kids. You're in the fourth grade because that's where God wants you to be. God's going to take you to the 5th, 6th, 7th, and you will finish in Jesus' name. You have got to change the identity in our children. We've got to quit putting things on them. And see, our flesh wants to, uh, to control our identity. And I'm going to pick on us. Every one of us, and some of us didn't, but every one of us combed our hair. We got dressed. You know, and how you dress, because I got cowboy boots on, but I'll not be a cowboy. I can saddle a horse, I can bridle a horse, and I have ridden horses, but I'm still not a cowboy. I put these boots on for this that reason today. I am not a cowboy. I'm a child of God. You know, people want to identify I'm a cowboy, I'm a construction worker, I'm I'm a, no, I'm in Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the most high God. I'm in the family of God. So our identity's in Christ. I hope we got that. Quit looking at yourself. Well, you know, I, 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 I was this and I, I was, you know what? Okay, let's just go there. 
Maybe circumstances have hit, attacked you when you were little. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you were beaten. Maybe, maybe, maybe things happened to you. And maybe you got some inner vows. I'll never let that happen to me again. Right now, close your eyes. If there's something that's rolling up in your heart that you've been hurt by, beaten, whatever it is, circumstances. When Lazarus died, Mary and Martha said, if you'd just been here, and Jesus said, take me to the tomb. So right now, take Jesus to that place where you keep, that keeps coming up, where you were hurt, where you were abused, and let Jesus take care of it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, these circumstances, Lord God, these situations in their lives, I come against them. I bind the devil over it, and I cast him out in the name of Jesus. Lord, we address the hurt, the pain. Oh, so many say, why weren't you there? Why, why didn't you do something, Lord? Why didn't you stop this? Right now, he wants to heal you. Quit asking why and let him deal with you. In Jesus' name, look at me. How you know it's gone? You quit letting anger rise up in you. Hurt people want to hurt people. Hurt people will bleed all over you. Hurt people hurt people. Why are you so angry? Why are you so full of control? You got to control everything. Listen to me. Parents, if you don't let control go, I'm not saying not discipline, but control You'll either run your kids off or they'll run away. I've seen it. Oh, oh, I wanted to lock mine in a closet, let them out when they're 21. But I saw that. And I saw it at 15, they ran away because they, they thought the world was passing them by and they weren't allowed to do anything. And I said, oh, Lord, I can't do that. I want to put them in a closet and protect them. How do I do this? But I just can't let them go. Well, what's the balance? I'm trying to help you, parents. The balance is you train them what they're going to face. When you walk out the door, they're stupid out there. And stupid to put his arm around you. And he'll walk you right to the party that's where they're drinking or to the drugs or to the makeout party, fifth graders. They have makeout parties, fifth graders. I ain't no fifth graders in here. So who am I talking to? Parents. My wife caught a note in the fourth grade. Passed from a boy to a girl. Coming back to the boy. She said, bring me that note. She read the note and called him up and they both began to cry. The note was, the boy said, will you have sex with me? The girl said, not em emphatically, no. She goes, not right now, maybe when I'm older. Fourth grade. That was 15 years ago. Don't be naive that your kids don't know what's going on. You have got to tell them that there's a devil out there and his name is stupid and he is coming after you and you got to face him. And when things start getting stupid, just time for you to leave. I'm trying to help you this morning because, see, you need to tell them your identity is you're a child of God and you don't walk with stupid. And so you adults quit walking with stupid. Not in our notes, but glory to God. So we all deal with the sin nature, but God's grace empowers us to overcome. 
Watch this sin nature and all these things that happened in the blood of Jesus. Remember, we preached on the blood of Jesus. Go back and listen to it on the podcast. Jesus wants to wash you in his blood. But guess what? The devil wants to stick it back on you. He tries to gather it up and put it back on you. Wash it in the blood. Keep washing it. It starts dissolving. <laughs> and then he has nothing to bring back. See, I'm not tempted by smoking or things like that. I'm, I've got other things, you know. I, we all get frustrations and all things. It's our flesh. But deal with it. Look, let's just keep going. No, number two, we have sonship through the Spirit. Our daughtership, I'm not leaving the ladies out. We're children. We're heirs. Let's, let's, let's just read it. Let's just read it. In Romans, again, the eighth chapter, you know, along with 400 other chapters, this is my favorite chapter. I used to sing a song out of this. Romans 8, 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. See, the deeds of the body wants to smoke and eat too much and sit and veg, let's just veg and watch TV. And if you don't work your body, it will wear out quicker. You think it'll wear out if you work out, but it'll wear out not using it. And so you've got to work, you've got to get control of your body. I'm just saying that just because your body will talk to you. I'm not the only one in here that my body said it's, 12, it's 11.30 and I'm trying to go to sleep. There's ice cream in the refrigerator. <laughs> Where did that come from? That wasn't God. You know? Or me, there's potato chips in the cupboard. Forget the ice cream, bring me the crunchy chips. And so, you know, that's your flesh. Your flesh will talk to you. And if you don't say, I've never had my flesh talk to me, run up the hill. Run up the hill and tell me if your flesh ain't talking to you. Your side starts hurting, and your mind goes, you got to quit this. We're going to die. And your body goes, yeah. That's your flesh. You deal with it. That's just one, that's a funny way. How about this one? That's your flesh. Men and women, that's your flesh. We got to deal with it. But the Spirit wants to help us. Because, see, we're not flesh. It's not who we are. We're children of God. That ain't going to happen in heaven. You're not going to crave ice cream in heaven or potato chips or other people. Trying to help you. Come on, let's, let's be spiritually minded. And so let's look, because we are sons of God. We're not debtors, for if you live according to flesh, you will die, but by the Spirit, you put the, to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Look at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Come on, we're the sons of God. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. Well, how do you do that? Well, it's time to grow up. It's time to, to, to learn. Ask, start asking God, when have you spoke to me, Lord? When have you spoke to me? He'll take you back. Told you this, told you that, told you that. That was me. That wasn't you, that was me. 
And then he'll show you what's you. I mean, we all know mama's voice. And my mama yelled my name in the lobby, and I'm going, what's my mama doing here? That sounds like my mama. Well, you know what? You need to get to the place. That sounds like God. That sounds like, okay, I think God's talking to me. And see, 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 uh, one, one of the men preaching this weekend said, you know, that when God starts speaking to you, you I think the Lord's talking to me. I, I think I'm supposed to pray for somebody. And your heart starts doing this. My heart don't do that anymore. Because I've, I've kind of got over that, I'm, now I just obey. But, you know, when it first starts, you're like, God wants me to do something. Is that you, Lord, really? Yes, it is, you know, because he's trying to prove to you that he's all over you. I'm trying to help you. You can hear the voice of God. You're supposed to hear the voice of God. Adam and Eve, in the beginning, walked in the cool of the day with God. Walking with God. How many of you walking with God every day? Okay, one. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know you walk with God. We walk with God. You're supposed to be walking with God. Guess what? He's, he's walking with you whether you're acknowledging him or not. And when you go, <whistles> he's standing right there. And when it's that ice cream in the refrigerator, he's going, ah, not this late. Dry. But we ignore him. Just going to ignore him no more. So as for as many as led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. For you did not receive the Spirit. Listen to me. This is a key. Listen to this. For you did not receive the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the Spirit of adoption while where you cry, Abba, Father. Now hear me. Some of you in this room have been adopted, but you're not an orphan. Don't let the devil call you an orphan. And there's some of you in here that were not adopted, but you still have an orphan spirit because you don't know who your father is. My father's not Charles McClary. My father's God Almighty. Because I've been adopted. I've been adopted into the family of God. See, God changed Abram's name to Abra God. Abraham God. So I'm Brett. Son of God, McClary. Brett's child of God, McClary. I'm Brett walking with God, McClary. And so are you. Well, I just don't feel him. He's there anyway. You're not in tune. You're in tune to your, to your emotions and to your feelings and to your hurts and to what you've been through in your past. And God wants to take that. Listen, all the disciples were jacked up, messed up. Look at what they said. If you don't think Jesus had a sense of humor, my goodness, he, he know he had to be laughing. Though. You are crazy. You know, James and John, who let's call down, let's call down fire on them. And Jesus goes, what? Where does that come in? That's not God. You know, Peter's like, thou art the Christ. And he said, flesh and blood did not reveal to you, but my father. And then he turns around and said, you ain't going to go die. And he goes, get behind me, Satan. Well, schizophrenic. He's got, he's, he's hearing everything. He's all over the place. Don't be all over the place. Let's just hear God. Let's just pursue God. Let's chase God. I'm sorry, y'all. We ain't trying here. Hey, look, 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 look. So you are a spirit, and that is where the Holy Spirit lives. 
on the inside of you. The Bible says that the belly of a man is a candle of the Lord. What the world says, it had a gut feeling that something's going to happen. Or women's intuition. No, let's just tell you, it's the Spirit of God trying to tell you. And he'll talk to even unbelievers. And he'll use an unbeliever. I got a testimony. Or somebody backslidden. As a friend of mine, he was praying, Lord, do I need to take this job? Do I need to stay at this job? He's the foreman at this job. He said, but you know, as the door opened, I just, I'm just, he's just walking around, you know, and doing his job all day. And he said, Lord, I just want you to direct me and guide me. What do I need to do? And he, this guy is backslidden, hadn't been in church since he's a kid. He comes running up and he said, God told me to tell you, you're supposed to take another job. Now, that don't always happen like that, but it's pretty wild when it does, isn't it? So he goes, you know what? That's my answer. Because that guy didn't know what he was asking God or praying about. See, that's when you get, you, ask, you need to be asking God for confirmation. There's confirmation in this sermon. may not even be what you need to hear the title of the sermon or whatever, but God will confirm things for you. Listen, so I'm going to back up. I'm going to read at verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption where we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Isn't that good? Now here's another key. One of the most important scriptures in the Bible, in the New Testament, listen to me. And if children, if we're children, if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Glorified together. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we're heirs and joint heirs with Christ, that's why Jesus said, The works that I do, you can do, and greater. Because we're heirs. We're in the family. We can act like him, we can walk like him. Who? My inheritance. I told the story before, but my grandfather on his deathbed cried because he didn't leave me an inheritance because he knew the Bible said that a grandfather's supposed to leave an inheritance for his grandchildren. And he cried and cried. I said, no, don't worry about that. You left me an inheritance. You were a man of God. You know, I'm trying to, you know, I tried to, I don't know, but I poured into my dad. You're a man of God. My walk infected him. I'm, you know, it's supposed to be the importance, of, like I'm become a grandfather. Man, they leave mom and daddy come to pop. That's, that's, that's crazy to me because it's a weight now. I got responsibility to lead them to God. Woo! I have to impart these kids in this church. I take, I pray over these kids. I have responsibility, I feel responsibility that they learn about Jesus. That they grow up just like my own grandkids. That's why kids are important. They need to get on the right course today, the right course right now, and walk the path with God and learn to hear his voice and avoid the pitfalls that you and I stumbled into. We can go, oh, no, I've been there. You don't want to go that way. And guess what? They'll hear a stranger before they'll hear their parents a lot of times. 
It's like one man said, you know, I've been telling, you know, you can tell them moon cheese and get your crackers out and they won't hear you. But a total stranger would come up and tell them, they go, guess what we just found out? The moon cheese. He goes, I've been telling you for years. Because somebody who goes, you know, that's what you need to be praying. There's somebody that would influence your child will come and speak into their life. Godly influence. Angels encamp about them. It ain't always going to come from you. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. So, so we're heirs. Let's get back. We, we're heirs with God. We've been adopted. We're in the family of God. God has taken us in. And so I, I come against that right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody just said, oh, not me. I just don't feel like God even cares. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. His blood was shed for you. He is, you are enough. You are so important to God that Jesus died. God is so vast and so big that he is capable of calling you his favorite and you his favorite and you his favorite and you will not know any different that somebody else is his favorite too. He will overcome you and encompass you and overwhelm you with his goodness and his glory that you'll think you're the only one. But you're not. We're all his children. And he cuz, he cares. And if children, then heirs, verse 17, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together from, uh, uh, in him. <laughs> Come on. You can't suffer for him till you know that you're a child. People want to go to the suffering, but listen to me. You got to know who you are. What's the suffering all about? Forget the suffering. Just know who you are right now then if you know who you are in Christ and you hang on to that and do not look away, you can walk through hell, high water, and fire and not even smell like smoke. Suffering. The children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were through in the fiery furnace and they had come out and it didn't even smell like smoke because Jesus was in there with them. They focused on him. Come on, I'm trying to help you. You got to go through the water. You know what I told somebody last night? She said, I feel like I'm drowning. I said, you can't drown in the river of life. It's the river of life. She went, oh, my Lord, that's good. I used to teach that in children's church. You can't swim, it don't matter. It's the river of life. You can't drown in it. You're going to have fun in heaven. It's the river of life. This is life that we're talking about. Being a Christian is life. Even when all hell breaks loose, there's still life there for you. Ooh, let me slow down. Let me keep going. No. Number three, we can be free from bondage because the devil's wanting to bound you up. He's, you know what? <laughs> they thought that because of their freedom to eat of the tree, that you know what? They would be more free, but it bound them because evil will always bind you up. Evil will always come to lock you up and bind you up and, and, and hinder you. Come on. What is evil? Confusion, envy, strife, all those things. Come on, let's, let's, let, let, let's move forward. Let's know who we are. Quit kicking to be something that you already are in Christ. Rest in it. So we're still in Romans 8, chapter, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I already talked about some suffering. Won't need ice cream. Huh? 
What is that? See, remember the glory that will be revealed in us. What does it matter in the light of eternity? What does it matter that you had a flat, that your cars broke down, that you live in the house that's caving in? Come on. The word says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and things will be added to you. So let's get our focus that we're children of God, that God wants to take care of us because guess what? You've been doing it on your own. And there's people successful doing it on their own. But when it comes crashing, you're not right. If I lose everything, I can get it back. God gave it to me to begin with. I've been trusting him for years. I quit the best job to get the next best job because God said to. You don't quit a job and not have another one. I don't advise that. You're talking about stress. I cried. My wife cried. But I said, if I was stupid and we missed God, God's still big enough to pick me up. God's still big enough to help me out. God is still my God, even though I did something stupid. If I didn't think I heard his voice, but I did. But then, boy, the devil comes, boy, when you make a decision for God. It, it ain't going to work. Yeah, you, do, you look stupid now. That's not who you are. You're not stupid. You're a success. You've got to change your mindset, and let's break some things so we can be free from the bondage of those thoughts. Verse 19, for their earnest expectation. I want you to listen to this. I'm going to read a lot of scripture. But I want to talk to you just for a minute. I want you to pay attention to these things. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Who is that? That's you. You're the sons of God. And guess what? The whole creation is waiting on you to act like a son of God or a daughter of God. How about your yard is waiting on you to act like a child of God? How about your house is waiting on you? The trees around your house are waiting on you to act like a child of God. Your workplace is waiting on you to act like a child of God. But we leave church and we don't act like children of God. Y'all better get this job done. Y'all making me look bad. Huh? Your workplace is wanting you to look like a child of God. The people around you are begging for you to be like a child of God. The whole earth groans for you to be the child of God. You didn't think about that, have you? For creation was subjected to futility. Futility is when sin happened, there came restriction, bondage, and evil influence. Futility, big word. It's not a Virginia word, is it? Southwest Virginia word? I had to look it up too, so it's all right. Futility is when sin happened and there came restriction. Bondage, evil influence, futility. Not willing, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Verse 21, because the creation itself also, uh, also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Man, when Jesus comes back, the earth, he's going to recreate the earth like it's supposed to be. But guess what? We're supposed to be recreating it now. Just, I'm just putting this out here, child of God. For we know that whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. The whole creation groans and labors together until now waiting on you to step in to your identity in God. 
you talking about change your life, then it changes your life, and then it begins to affect your children, then it begins to affect your parents, then it begins to affect your workplace, then it begins to affect everywhere you go, and your neighbors will say, well, I, want, I, I, I need the Jesus, I need the Jesus you got. Uh, what do you have? What do you, if people don't come up and say, man, what do you got? Maybe you ain't living right. Are you representing? Maybe you don't know who you are. It's what we're talking about today. It's to know who we are. And you want to fly off the handle, but it's time to rein it in. I don't have to do that. It's time to quit vomiting on people. I'm going to say it just as gross as it is. Because you're frustrated it didn't go your way. It's not your way anyway. It's God's way. I'm trying to help you because I'm going I'm to back up. I want you to look at these things. Listen, Patrick, groans and labors with pains. Verse 23, not only that we also have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, frustrated. If it don't frustrate you that you don't have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, something's wrong. If you're getting angry once or twice a day, something's wrong. You're getting, even you don't reveal it, you're like, Ugh. you may not do it in public. You do old Papa Bear. You know, hillbilly bears, and I'm going to shoot somebody. Now, Paul, and, his, and you know, that was tongues and interpretation. Ma would say, now, Paul, you know you ain't supposed to shoot that boy. You know, okay, sorry. No. Ah. Not only that, but we all saw who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly awaiting the adoption and the redemption of the body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for this uh, perseverance. Man, hoping is something that you don't have. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. And God, if you hope to change your life today, if you're being, if the Holy Spirit's revealing some frustration in you, then you need to change. And the Holy Spirit will help you. And he'll, and he'll help you change. And, and so, so look, look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. See, the Holy Spirit's wanting to help your weaknesses. Smile. Thank God. I got some help. Woo! I need some help. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Ghost. He's my helper. And likewise, the Spirit helps us, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Man, the Holy Spirit's trying to help us. Now, he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit is, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is why you pray in tongues. You don't have understanding of it, but you're making intercession for the, in the will of God. He, the Holy Spirit, praying through you, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We're going to go, I'm going to help you with that in just a minute. So, so let's, let's look at verse 28. And we know all things work together for the good. You ever heard that quoted? That ain't the way it's quoted. I've heard heathens quote that. I was redoing a man's house one time. It flooded three foot of water. He said, well, you know, all things work for good. And I said, all things work for good to those who love God. 
and what? Are called according to his purpose. You are called according to his purpose. When we talk about calling, we think about somebody being a pastor, somebody being a preacher, or somebody being called. No, we're all called to be the children of God. We're all called to walk with the fruit of the Spirit in our life. We're all called to walk with the gifts of the Spirit in our life. Both. But if you have the gifts without the fruit, you're in trouble. So you need to show up the fruit. You need to be a Christian, solid. And then once you're solid, God will start taking you. We'll go pray for them. Go to the hospital, room 327. Go in there and just ask them if they need prayer. Whoo! God will send you. Just want you to be that harvester. Oh, my, 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 my. Likewise, the Spirit helps our weaknesses. And let's just keep going. Verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son. God wants everybody to be saved. God wants everybody, all of us to be conformed to the image of Jesus, to accept what Jesus did, and then accept that lifestyle and start walking like Jesus did. We're the children of God. Man, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, this is exciting stuff. You're a child of God. Tell somebody, I'm a child of God. Okay. So I want you to look at this. Look at me. Look at me. I'm going to go back real quick, but I want to show you something. Verse 22, the whole earth groans and travails. The earth's frustrated because we're not the children of God. The Spirit makes intercessions with groanings that we should be the children of God. We within ourselves, it says, groans to be the children of God. Now, there are some things that you got to groan to get. Some things you need to birth. <laughs> Ladies, you know what I'm talking about? Birthing. Some of you have been 20-something, 30-something hours birthing. But we want to drive through McDonald's. Hey, I need some more righteousness. And uh, <laughs> I want to also, I want to start a ministry. Uh, can I get fries with that ministry? Funny, but it's not. When, when, when Elijah prayed that it did not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years, to bring the rain, he had to do some groaning. He sat down in a birthing position. Got these boots on. I don't know why I wore them. But he, he sat down and he started praying. But you know what? There's some groaning to be done. You know what? You need to be groaning over your children and over your grandchildren and over your parents, and over people who God brings to you. And you need to go, Father, I just thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, I just come. I mean, there's times that you groan in the Spirit, and the whole earth will rally around you, and they'll groan when the Holy Ghost will get on it, and then these people will get saved. And you're just broken. I always said get saved live right for God. That's not the groaning. That's your flesh. I'm trying to help you. It's time to groan. It's time to get in the spirit. There's some birthing pains. There's some birth things that, you need, that we need to birth out in our lives. Because you're frustrated in the flesh. Well, you know what? Turn it into a spiritual thing and get frustrated about it. I cause it to stop now in the name of Jesus and get out and groan about it and cry out to God and, and birth it. Birth that salvation in them. Okay. Now, you know, no, and so, so look. We just don't need to limit our prayers to words. 
You pray in the Spirit. There's some things that, mm, man, there's some things that just hit you. It's like somebody punched you in the stomach. Man, you get up out of bed at night and you're like, what is going on? And God will have you pray for somebody you don't even know. He rallies people to pray for people in, the, you know, Patrick's in Brazil. I mean, it's a commercial break. Pray for him. He'll be coming home in two days. He's seen blind eyes open. He's seen devils cast out. He's seen people, there was a woman healed of asthma. Every breath she took, she went, uh, 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 every breath. They prayed for her, and she can't even make that sound anymore. She tried to make the sound and can't make it. It's a miracle of God, isn't it? Well, come on. That's where we, for us to have that, we got to intercede. That's where God wants to take us. We just call out things. I'm stepping out by faith, what I feel or hear or God say. But you know what? He wants to do it in you and through you. But you know what? We got to develop who we are, who we are, who we are. We're the children of God. Let's go to number four. God did his part. We must do our part. God did his part. Let's do our part. What's our part? Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, brethren. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Children of God need to act like children of God. Yeah. These he said, but the Holy Spirit's our helper. Look at the next verse. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. I called out how the world wants to, they want to name you. They want to name you. Ugly, pretty, uh, oh my, you got this phobia, that phobia, you know, you got the crooked eye, crooked ear, you know, ugly hair, whatever. That's all lies. It's not who you are. You're a child of God. So be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Man, you can, you can be in the will of God and it just be good. And you can be in the acceptable, but God wants you to get you up into the perfection of his will. Oh, Lord, I can't be perfect. It doesn't matter. He'll wash it off and then he'll get you there. But what happens is we go, like the world does, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't be that. How many of you ever thought about flying an airplane? That's pretty good. How many of you have ever done it? There you go. My pastor used to fly in Louisiana. He took it in college, and he was training to be a pilot. And God said, no, I called you to ministry. But my point is, the ones that didn't raise your hand didn't even come into your mind. How much of the things of God that don't even come into my mind or your mind that God's trying to reveal to us and open us up to it and, and there's things that you haven't even thought about God wants to do for you. And how many of you know people have gone to the grave and never stepped into the things God wanted them to step into? I know people. Man, I, I, you can recognize a call on people and they never stepped into it. Are they not going to heaven? Yeah, they're going to heaven, but they never stepped into what God wanted them to be. Come on, God wants to use you, to bless you, to take you places that you've never seen. Huh? 
Oh, that never happened here. That's witchcraft. That's what you call it what it is. That's doubt, not even doubt and unbelief. It's worse. If you can't get on board with just believing, and nobody asking you to have to do it, let's believe that it can be done. Well, that won't happen here. This ain't right. Y'all don't do this. Come on. I mean, I, I have preachers come in and just judge us by the looks of this building. It didn't happen this weekend, but it's happened before. I'm like, what is your deal? What is that about? Because you're a preacher and you don't know who you are in Christ. That's what you reveal. When, when you cannot get on board with what the Baptists are doing, it's you or the Methodist. You don't hear me preach against anybody. I want to preach you the truth. Somebody said it. They didn't take it all the way. They said they train people to, 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 on, to catch counterfeit money by not showing them counterfeit, but showing them the real thing. We want the real thing. And then when something, oh, don't line up. You know, they said something just, just wasn't quite right. That's all right. You throw out the six, you keep what's good. Because then nobody. Look at the revivalist. The people who had revival throughout the 1800s up, none of them agreed doctrinally. But they all loved God. And they all pursued God. And they're pursuing God to the best of their ability. You don't have to be perfect in your doctrine. You just need to be perfect in your love for God. And be perfect in your submitting to God. And to be perfect, to be, Lord, when you miss it, to be broken before God. How easy is that? Lord, I don't know. Help me. Lord, I missed it. Forgive me. Lord, I'm still your child. Strengthen me. That's our place to be in. Not a perfect doctrine. If I questioned everybody in the room, it'd all be different. But we can rally around that we're the children of God, that Jesus died for us all, and that God wants to take us deeper and let him reveal it to us all. Amen? Come on, children of God. Bow your heads right now. Our part is to present ourselves just like we are. And he'll clean us up. He'll take us in and no wise cast us out. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you accept him today? You say, Pastor Brett, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a joint heir. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to know him. I want to know him. If that's you, will you raise your hand today? You've never accepted Jesus before. You want to accept him. Is that you? Will you accept him today? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. But here's where the room's at. Most of us have been child of God and we've lost our identity or we've never learned our identity and we've been beaten out of our identity by circumstances, situations. I want you to, if you want God to reveal your identity greater in your life, just lift your hand. I'm lifting both of mine. Because I want God to reveal himself mightier in my life. Oh, that his identity would just rise up in us, that we are the children of God, that we are the sons of God. Oh, that we, maybe we're a baby in Christ, but God wants to grow us up to be greater. Oh, to hear his voice like never before.
So, Father, right now, by your Spirit, just quicken us all. Lord God, let identity be revealed to us, that we are the children of God, that we are in Christ. Even when we fail, we're still there. Look at me. God's a good God. Yeah, he's a good God. He's a good father. And you know what? There are going to be times in your life where you miss it. You may blow the coop and, you know, scream at the chickens and their feathers fall off. But hear me. You're still a child of God. You have to turn your back on him and renounce him to lose him. Come on now. Hear me. You know, I've been to the jail and I've been to an insane asylum where people said I've committed the unpardonable sin. Wrong answer. That's a lie. The Bible says to commit the unpardonable sin, you got to lie against the Holy Ghost. Well, first of all, you got to know the Holy Ghost. Because you know what? You can talk bad about me. There's people probably talking bad about, you know, there's people talking bad about President Trump. They talk bad about Obama. They didn't know him. They didn't know him. It didn't matter Hill of Beans either. You're not affecting either one of them. But when you know the Holy Ghost and you walk with the gifts and you walk in His presence and then you say, well, it ain't real, you're in trouble. There is no more hope for you. So you have not done that. Come on, don't, let, don't swallow that lie that there's no, oh, God doesn't, won't take me, He won't forgive me. That's such the biggest lie, the devil. God will forgive you. You're His child. Man, my kids did stupid stuff. I did stupid stuff, but my parents never disowned me. If your parents disowned you, shame on them. God will not disown you because you miss it. But bless God, He wants you to grow up where you don't miss it as much. And you're not missing it as much as you used to miss it last year. And you're not missing it as much as you did last week. And you, now you, man, you're walking five days a week in the presence of God. And, and you know what? You're only missing two days. And then you, man, I'm, I'm doing great. Because you're getting closer to Him. And the things that used to hinder you are falling off. And then he starts revealing deeper things. He's like, oh my. Because he's trying to take you up to another level. And he wants to take you closer. From a baby to a child to a son and a daughter. To a joint heir. Woo. You know, joint heirs don't belong to the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers. Uh-uh. Joint heir belongs to everybody. Matter of fact, all the apostles and prophets, they walk down here on the same dirt you do. Where everybody walks on the same level. Mm? They're just supposed to be equipping you. They're supposed to help you to do what we do in the day. So let's, let's, let's take the deeper walk. So let me pray over you. Father, we thank you for the word today. Lord, I bind the devil who tries to steal the word. Uh, immediately, uh, he comes to take it. But we bind him right now in the name of Jesus. I speak the life of God, the peace of God, the strength of God over this congregation, over these people. Stir in them, Lord God, in a deeper way. Let your peace, your joy, uh, belong. it belongs to them. Let them walk in it in Jesus' name. Come on, Jeff. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.